This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call us, text us to 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet us at Double Tap Canada and find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite Double Tappers. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott. Uh, sweating Stephen Scott, as uh, he shall be known forever. That is Marka Falalalalalalo. Hello, 36 degrees Celsius where I am right now. Yes, 28 degrees Celsius here. What? In Scotland. I you know. told me in Scotland hot means 20. It, well, it does, but it's gone up. It's getting higher and higher. Uh, oh Sean Priest, are you sweating, Sean Priest? You're sweaty, Sean. Oh, it's wham. I mean, I like it wham, and there's wham, and there's warm, but oh, it's wham. Now, is it. Oh, do you know what that means? Bad, like, like you open the shed door. <laughs> And you hit a brick wall of humidity. Is that what's going on there? No, it's the opposite way around. All the heat's in this shed. It's fine <laughs> when I go outside. I generate heat. You generate the heat, right? Okay. Sorry. Ah, well, listen. Uh, we are going rogue this week uh, on a couple of fronts, actually, because uh, normally we record this program on a, a Wednesday afternoon, my time, uh, Wednesday morning, uh, Mark's time. And uh, we do that because we want to be as close to airtime as possible to give you the very latest news. Uh, we can't do that this week for two reasons. One, it's Canada Day on Thursday. Yeah. Happy Canada Day if you're listening. Forgot Happy Canada that. Day. Uh, yeah. What does that mean, Mark? Explain to Scottish and English people what that means. Well, um, it's the day in which we celebrate the founding of this wonderful nation we call Canada. However, for, for other reasons, thank you, thank you very much. Which I will not get into here because I don't like politics. Oh, right, okay. um, there's well, lots to talk that. about. Immediately. <laughs> lots to talk about. Not celebrating Canada this year because of how horrid of a country we are. So oh, okay. let's fo- let's focus I'm on scared. the fact that I scheduled go karting with my kids tomorrow morning, and yes, totally we forgot about recording this just show. Add that little bit in there. Yeah, they, they scheduled the go karting with the kids on the Wednesday morning. That's Hilarious. That's the real reason we're doing this, Sean. That's why we're doing it this way. I know. Go-karting. It's a disgrace, yeah. quite yeah. frankly. Bonding with your family or recording with us. Oh, no, trust me. I would rather record with you. <laughs> I've bonded enough. Listen, my I kids guess, have been then. off for a week. You know, right. I've bonded enough. I had the weekend, celebrated my birthday, and now we're Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, we're done the bonding. Happy birthday to you. To me. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to me. This is not easy on Zoom. A happy birthday, dear <laughs> mommy. Happy birthday to you. Hooray! You know, I bought myself for my birthday. I got so much stuff. You bought yourself. I got so much for my. Oh yeah. I bought, well, the only Damn. way to get yourself stuff that you want is to buy it for yourself. Right? Fair point. Yeah. Um, well, Friday, um, in advance of my birthday, my brand new uh, Beats Studio Buds arrived. <gasps> Ooh. Are they as uh, terrible as everyone said they are? Um, I really want to hate them. <gasps> I want to hate them. So let's start with the bad. Okay. The microphone is crap. Oh, it's well, really yeah. bad. Like hearing hearing someone on the other end is uh, like if you're listening to me having a conversation with me, and I'm wearing the studio buds, they are bad. Right. Um, that's all I can say. That's bad because they actually sound phenomenal, oh, and wow. I'm and I'm and I'm holding these and putting them side by side with some really expensive high end in ear studio monitors, and these have blown them away. Okay, right. I have so many questions. Right. So first off, what's the bass like? Because Beats are known for quite not, heavy bass in their in their headphones. Not what you would think. So when I first put on a pair of Beats ever in my life, it was the traditional Beats Classic Studio, whatever mm-hmm. they call them. Yep. Um, very so, bassy. Very, very bassy. Yep. Um, my Power Beats, which are the ones that had the wire behind, behind the neck, but you know, we're still, we're still wireless, still pretty bassy. Um, the Power Beats 2, which didn't have the wire, um, a little bit better in terms of the amount of bass. Um, but these really quite stunned me in the audio quality and clarity and the balance of the music. Um, it was honestly one of the best set of headphones, audio quality-wise, that I have put on uh, in this style. Wow. 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 He's getting emotional. Yeah, so I don't know, I don't know, you know, what, what people are 
complaining about because uh you know again you know in an iphone especially you can customize your sound you can eq it any way you like but right out of the box they they pair beautifully they have the transparency mode that you would expect on the apple buds they fit in the ear quite well i had to switch the pads to the small ones Mm. they're so small they are so small that you because do not notice them pro, in your ear. They didn't work for you, did they? They were just a bit fiddly in your for ear. For some reason, something to do with something with the AirPods. All of them, they just followed on my ear. They're just mm. not comfortable. They've never been comfortable. Strange ears. Yeah, I, I had to do a, a strange. I have very problem. small ears too. Yeah. yeah to be fair though, have either of you used a Bluetooth mic that is decent? Yes, yes. Because when you put this side by side with even just the AirPods, the AirPods mic is pretty good. Yeah. It's a pretty good mic. And I think a lot has to do with the fact that it does extend itself away from the ear and a little bit closer to the mouth. Obviously, it's not close, but I mean, this is obviously trying to compensate for, you know, trying to find your voice among a lot of sounds that are going to go around there. And it's just, it's not great. I was talking to Mitchell, um, and uh, for those of you who don't know Mitchell, my friend Mitchell Whitefield. Um, and he had them on, and we were going back and forth comparing, and I, the clarity was not there on the Beats Studio Buds, but you know that noise cancellation is great. The transparency mode is, is great. The the sound quality is just phenomenal. It really is good. I was listening to a rendition of um, "Stairway to Heaven" performed by Hart and a whole orchestra at the President, uh, the, the Kennedy Center Honors from this earlier this year, and uh, it just it sounded so beautiful. And, I, and again, put them on, you know, immediately to put on another pair of headphones, all the same style, like kind of in-ear bud style. And yeah. I went with Cambridge Audio. I have a couple of different pair of Cambridge Buds. I have the, the Power Beats. Um, I had the AirPods next to me, my wife's AirPods. I had, um, what else did I have? I had my, JB, my, my JBLs? My Jabra, my Jabra Elites. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the, the, nothing, nothing sounded as good as these. That's, that is impressive, I've got to say. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, you are a fussy guy when it comes to sound. You're a bit like me. I think you're probably fussier than I am. And, uh, yeah, I must admit, I, I'm really intrigued to try these. Uh, are, these are these out to buy? Because I'm, I'm going shopping on Thursday. I'm just yeah, they're not expensive. I... They're under under $200 Canadian, under $200 US, US dollars. I mean, they're, they're, they're affordable. They're a good gift idea. I mean, it's... it's they're, Terrible idea. I'll, I'll buy them for me, though. Yeah, no, I mean, of course, buy them for yourself. Do what do I do? Buy, buy, buy your own birthday presents. Now, the other thing I bought, which has not yet arrived yet, is um, I decided that I'm sick and tired of my two 27-inch 4K monitors in front of me. Okay, they're, oh, they're just they're just too much. There's too much. Yes, yeah, there's just, too much too, bezel. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? There's just too much bezel. Too much screen there. Oh, yeah. too much and, bezel. and there's and there's a black space in the middle. Like it divides the two screens. Like this yep. is not this is not normal. So what did I do? Um. I went out and I ordered a Samsung QLED, Ooh. 120 hertz HDR 1000 curved super wide 4K gaming monitor, 32 by nine um, aspect ratio. Wow, 49 inches. Oh. They say it's the equivalent of dual 27 inch QHD displays side by side without the line down the middle. The bezel, you know, yeah. without the line down the middle. And you know what? Also, and I know I'm, I'm I sound like a little prissy boy right now, a little spoiled brat, and I get it. It's okay. I you, mean, you mean right now? Well, I mean okay. more no, so just, than normal. Just, yeah, I was just, yeah, 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 okay, just yeah. checking in on that one. Yeah. Um, I get it. I'm okay with that. I can live with that. Um, but but here's the thing: is that you know I also like to connect to my computer remotely and do some work on my laptop mm-hmm. because a lot of a lot of my stuff's on this main computer. And when you connect remotely to a computer like this, you're constantly switching back and forth between monitors. And I don't know, you know, I don't know when this happened, but somehow in the in the iterations of Mac OS, when you drag something from one screen to another, it doesn't actually continue unless you get the whole window onto the next screen. Yep. I don't know if you've seen this active. I don't know why this happens anymore. It used to be like if you drag it in the middle, you'd be split down the two screens, but you at least see both sides. Yeah. Now you have to get the full window over to the other side for it to be there. So when you're working remotely and you're trying to drag things from one screen to another, you can't even do it. It's almost impossible unless you scale it out and then you really have no idea what's going on. So I'm looking forward to having that one screen. And I'm contemplating, I know a lot of people do this mostly on the coding side of things, is taking one of these 27 inches, flipping it to portrait mode sideways, Uh 90 degrees, and putting it somewhere so that I can read emails and news sites and all that stuff or have scripts up next to me while I'm editing video. 
and, and kind of dedicating a monitor for that kind of stuff. I just don't have room because I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine screens going on in here. Nine? Wow. Well, I mean, all the computers going on. I've got a, I've got a TV on top of the two screens. I've got an iPad to the right of that. I've got another monitor to the right, which I dedicate to Zoom and, and Teams calls. I've got a, a Windows computer that I'm testing out some stuff over here. I've got a TV monitor behind me. There's a lot of visual stimulation in here. I'm against it. Well, yeah. I, mean, I understand. The great thing is, you know, us blind folk can live without any of them. You can just, and we can use all our machines the same. But, you know, you, you know what? You're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, the screen size thing is interesting. And I'll say one thing about the ultra-wides. A lot of people don't realize this, and I, I guess it doesn't come up in conversation because you'd have to spend the money to realize this. And I did it by accident. I got a 35-inch ultra-wide. And the one thing I loved was the zoom or the magnification features in it because when you use that on a Mac or on a PC, you're able to zoom right in, but it, because of the width you've got, you've got so much more room to get into a sentence, for example, on a screen. Instead of yeah. it being cut off, it's it's got so much more room, so it makes it really, really interesting. I'm just about to move the 35-inch uh, ultra-wide into my wife's office because she's having problems with her screen she's got. So she's thinking, well, maybe this would be better, and it's curved, so you know she can kind of sit in amongst it and get a bit closer. So, yeah, we'll see how that works. But the 49-inch, I did look at... Uh, I looked at the Dell one uh, when it came out. That looked quite nice. But the Samsung ones yeah. are nice. I mean, I got a Samsung... I don't know if I mentioned this already on the show, and if I have, forgive me, but I got the Samsung M7 uh, 32-inch monitor, which is a really interesting monitor because it's called a smart monitor. What they've done is they've taken the smart features of TV and they've put it into a monitor. So you've got the, essentially the TV part minus the tuner. So you can't plug in your, your TV... Uh, wherever it comes from, you know, digital otherwise. But smart TV stuff like apps and yeah, exactly. You've got all that, which also comes with all the accessibility built in. So all the accessibility mm. functions you get on Samsung TVs also built into this monitor. So if someone's looking for a monitor that's got a TV built in, as in the TV, the smart TV functions, also looking for a monitor for the computer. It's got USB C, so you can plug it straight into a laptop and it'll charge it. It'll also it's even got a USB dock in the back as well. You can get two USBs to plug in your peripherals, maybe a webcam or whatever else. I've got a, an audio interface and a webcam plugged into mine. Um, and I've got my uh, Samsung Galaxy Book here plugged in via USB-C and it works really well. On top of that, you've got HDMI in as well. You've got two of those. So one could be for another computer or perhaps a set-top box, a TV box, whatever you might want, an Apple TV, for example, or anything else. Uh, but just a really nice monitor. Screen resolution, they tell me, isn't brilliant, although it is 32-inch it is and it is 4K. Um, but I think it's a, now is it a TN panel versus an IPS panel, which means it's not quite as... Um, What's the word? Shiny, perhaps? It's not quite as shiny as... What is that thing they call it? I Glossy. Ex exactly the word, shiny. It's not shiny enough. It's not shiny enough, no. And I don't care. <laughs> it means nothing to me. I mean, and to be honest, it's, it's a nice monitor. I love the smarts because I can just sit here. It's next to my 32-inch Bank or BenQ. BenQ. Uh, BenQ. I don't always get that wrong. Like that. Sounds um, strange. But yeah, I've got that sitting next to my 32-inch there, and I'm able to use those too. Um, you know, and mainly I use that for my video editing work, or if I want to do some close-up work, or if I'm having a really good eye day, and I just feel that desire. As, as you know what it's like, Sean, some days you have good eye days, and you really want to just use that vision. Yes. Um, zoom in, zoom in. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you've got the magnification right up to about 900%. Um, but, you know, you're having a great time uh, at the same time. Uh, listen, great I bought time. something as well, by the way. Uh, which oh, I hang on, hang on, hang what? on. Can I For my birthday? join in with, with no. the display chat here? Oh, yes. Oh, 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 of course, out. yes. No, please do. Yes, I, My BenQ 27-inch yes. monitor is back in the box. It's going back. <sighs> really? No good. Terrible. Didn't make any difference. I suddenly realized for some reason I'm blind. Uh, so <laughs> you just figured this no, out. Exactly the same. Well, that, that's my... not fair, is it? That's not strictly true, is it? No, it was a little bit better. The, the, it was brighter. Man, it was bright. But the reason it's going back is I could not get the display port to work at all. Really? Mac, Mac Mini into the HDMI, my laptop into the display port would not do it. I tried three or four different cables. I bought all these different cables. None of them worked. Was onto Bank. BenQ, sorry. Uh, went through all the settings. <laughs> it's a new name. Bank. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. Couldn't sort it out. And in the end, I thought, I don't need this hassle. So yeah. it's going back. It's a shame. Well, that's the joy of Amazon, right? You just stick it in the box and send it back exactly and forget right. about it. Yeah, uh, but that's a, that's a shame, actually. I really, I actually 
kind of hoped for you to really benefit from that monitor. I'm glad you didn't buy the 32. Yes. Because I think you'd have been even more disappointed by that. Yes, the 27-inch um, was uh, big enough. I will say, yes. though, these things are not perfect, right? So I've got this brand-new Samsung Galaxy Book Pro, which is a beautiful laptop. Samsung very kindly sent this through. It's a beautiful laptop. It's got an incredible screen on it. Um, but if you want to pair it up with a monitor, you'd think connecting it to a brand-new Samsung monitor, it would work perfectly, right? It's a bit tricky because the USB-C cable, which is for docking stations, it's not for... Um, you know, just a regular USB cable you might use to charge up your phone or whatever. It's, it's built for data and power. It, it basically causes the laptop and the screen to just flash repeatedly on and off, on and off, on and off. You restart and you, you it eventually does work. But if you try and do anything with the machine, eventually it will just go, now I had it and it just starts flashing again. So maybe there's a firmware update to come for the either for the monitor or for the computer. I'm keeping an eye on Windows update. We'll see how that goes. But look, let's take a quick break because... Speaking of Windows, uh, we're going to be talking about that very thing. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get oh. involved? Call the show now. That'll be the wrong button then. Hang on, let's try this one. There we are. Um, yes, coming up next. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about Windows 11 because it is coming soon. And we're going to tell you all about some wonderful features. But also, um, a bit of a tricky conversation to have around it because it's not going to be available to everyone. Stick around, we'll get oh. to that next. If you love Double Tap Canada, why not check out Double Tap TV with Stephen Scott and Mark Aflalo every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. The latest tech news, hands-on reviews, exclusive interviews, accessible to all. Find out more at ami.ca slash Double Tap. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the no. show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. This no. is Double Tap Canada. It's a tech show. Honest. Yeah, believe it or not. <sighs> Stephen Scott, Mark Aflalo and Sean Priest sweating for your uh, pleasure uh, this Oof. week. Um, yeah, there's an image for you. Uh, so I did buy myself something this week. I got myself... <laughs> Let's just say the cheaper version of what Mark bought. That's the best way to put it. So Mark cheaper. got the Beat Studio Pro. Uh, uh, what was it, $200 uh, Canadian dollars? No, not even like 149 One for, Right, okay, so that's fine. Uh, these cost 12 Canadian dollars um, with a voucher, I should add as well. There's a little $7 voucher that was added onto this. These are from a company called DEC, D-E-C. Well known in the music industry, I think you'll know. Um, I think, I'm sure Apple are going to buy them next week. Um, these are incredible. These are... Um, I've just broke them. Um, no, they're, they're fine. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, one seventy nine ninety five Canadian. Oh, one seventy nine. Right, okay. Well, that's an absolute uh, disgrace. Uh, but no, these are great. I mean, you know, $12. Uh, they are AirPod-esque, as in very similar to the AirPods. A little bit of a shorter stem, more AirPod Pro length of stem. So not quite as long, which is nice. Uh, the sound quality of these are incredible. I've got it. I, I am blown away. It's something as awful, awfully cheap as these are, and as awful as I thought they would be, they're actually incredible. And it's only because one of the reviewers actually said, the one thing that got me was the sound quality and the bass response, which you don't often get. I did buy these this other pair that I got. Uh, these were $18, um, and they are terrible. I got the cheaper ones, and they're brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really impressed by these. And the microphone is also terrible. So... You know. Yes, well, I'm, I'm glad you said that because you did ring me and it sounded like you had your head in a bucket and then inserted in a I farmyard animal. It was worse than that. It was the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> How do these sound? Terrible, Stephen, go away. I sound, I sound okay. It was that yeah. kind of terrible, <laughs> I know, it was dreadful, wasn't it? Um, Stephen! <laughs> Hi! Hello! How do my new headphones sound? <laughs> these these cost nine dollars. Uh, yeah, no wonder. No, it was. Um... Should have spent twelve. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You get what you pay for. But in saying that, you know, you're saying that with the Beat Studio um, earbuds as well, right? I mean, it's uh, the microphone seems to be the forgotten thing, which which I just don't understand. Always seems to be the thing that's forgotten. Anyway. Uh, I, I was saying earlier we're going rogue on the show for a number of different reasons. One other reason we're going rogue this week, guys, is because as we record this program, <laughs> you know, you know, I've got like fifteen different ways of recording this. Through we record through Zoom, we record through my little SD card recorder, and we record through the system here. Uh, I'm only recording on one because I've got oh, the other two. So, 
Yeah. What if it all goes wrong? And you had to, so you had to talk about this, right? You know that that effect's still on, right? I, I know. I'm talking into a water bottle. Oh, I see. Is that what you're doing? That's, that's very good. <laughs> yes, I'm talking into. For some reason, I don't want to move it away from my mouth. Uh, he likes it now. Okay, that's only irritating everybody and all the dogs that are listening. And I spent nothing for this. <laughs> you could get a job in Foley. And when I move it, I get different effects. Hello. It's like okay. a, honestly, it's like we a kid, right? It's like a kid. You said we're going toy. rogue this week. We certainly are. This is us going rogue this week. He's had too much birthday cake. He said you said much. let's record a show at nine o'clock at night in the UK time. That's after I've been outside in the sun all day. It's very warm here. He hasn't even been on a go kart yet and listened to him. I mean, he's giddy. Like the go kart is tomorrow child. morning. How's he doing an English accent? I don't know what's why. Going I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Um, Russell, Windows 11's out. Woohoo! It's not out yet, Woo! actually. No, hang on. Let me get that right. Yes, it's it not is. Out. Oh. Well, it is. If you're on the Insider program, you can get the beta and play with it. Although, you know, good luck if you want to do that. It will be a complete horse's mess um, at this point. It, can't, oh, well, it can't be worse than iOS 15 on my iPad. That's a fair point. It's um, <laughs> a very fair point. Um, it can't be any worse than the new Safari, uh, which is awful. Um, yeah, no, it might it might not be as bad as that. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, if you've got a spare computer, put it on a bit. Please don't put it on your main machine, uh, because you know at this point in time, it's what a couple of months away. They're teasing an October launch, um, but I thought they said holidays, which to me means later in the year, right? December time, whatever. But we'll see. Anyway, the point is, it's it's coming out. It was it was announced. Uh, right now, look, we've got a feature that Sean's going to put in here in a minute, um, and I've got to say, uh, Sean, um, you yes. know, it was this is a wonderful production. Every time Sean does a feature, it's like uh, Ben Hur, the movie, uh, had less production on it than uh, yes. Sean's features. Um, what I love about it, it is... It did take him 17 weeks to put this together. It yes. did, and, and then he had to scrap it yesterday um, because they changed everything, didn't they, Sean? They changed all the, uh, the they news. They did. I did a lovely feature about how to see if your computer was uh, compatible with Windows 11 using the Microsoft PC Health Checker, and then they took it away. <laughs> they've, stopped, <laughs> they've stopped it being available because it was a little bit buggy and there wasn't enough information about why your computer wasn't compatible if it did fail so they've said no don't use that we're taking it away we'll we'll put it out again closer to the time so yes i had to do do another one okay we'll we'll get to that in a minute but i want to Mm. actually start there because that to me is possibly the biggest news of windows 11's announcement it seems a lot of people are a bit peeved at the fact that their machines may not be able to run windows 11 now mark what do you know about this so far? Because I'm hearing a lot of people saying, oh, my machine's a 2717 machine, and it's you know running an i9 processor, 10th gen, and it's got 300 gigabytes of mega RAM, but it can't run Windows 11. Um, is this all rubbish, or what's going on? Well, uh, do you what, have any what, idea? They, what they are saying, I don't think anybody really knows the real answer to this, because they're really, that's really mum on this. Yeah, a clause, yeah, that's a good one. Um, they um, they are saying that they're going to require what's called a, a TPM module, which is a trusted platform module. It's basically the thing that supports the fingerprint reader and Windows Hello. Um, on an iPad, it would be, I guess, like your 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 Face ID. It's like that that private enclave that's on board. That in some in some computers is part of the processor, some parts of the separate chip. And unfortunately, there's a lot of computers that don't have this feature on board. Yeah. And they're saying that Windows 11 will require that to authenticate. So that means that there are a lot of computers, you know, pre, you know, even this year that will not support Windows 11. Now there's, you know, you know, skepticism, of course, but there's also people saying that, you know, they can't possibly, you know, write everybody off like that. I mean, considering they just stopped supporting Windows XP. Like if you come to think about how long they supported something like that. So we do suspect that there's going to be a workaround of some kind and there will be a version that does install, may not be as secure Mm -hmm. um, in some way, shape or form, but we don't really have answers and they're not saying much about it. You know, the thing about this for me is when you think about Apple, right, we kind of expect our machines to live for five, six years and then begin to fall out of favor. And then eventually they fall off into the vintage section. Um, And I think my 2015 MacBook Pro that I have is in that uh, vintage section now. And I kind of I'm okay with that, right, because, you know, at that point, the hardware is older. The security is a big issue. uh, You know, the machine's not functioning the way it would have done. The battery's getting old if it's a laptop, you know, all that stuff. But with PC users, 
they expect to drag out their Dell Latitude, you know, 1410 from 1997 and, you know, load up Windows 11 and it'll all work great, as we've pretty much done for our entire life. You know, Windows 10 runs on pretty much anything. And that was a great thing. But in order for this to move on, for it to be secure... You've really got to be using the best hardware. Now, I imagine people who are using 2017 machines will be able to use their, you know, or will be able to get Windows 11 on the machine. I can't imagine they're going to, you know, the cutoff points maybe 2015 or 2014 kind of thing, right? It's not going to be a machine that's two years old or whatever that's going to be uh, incapable of running this. It could be, but it shouldn't be. You're, you're absolutely right. From 2000, I think the processor is 2016. Any processor from them should have the TPM available as part of the CPU. Well, that anyway. seems reasonable to me. And you know what? I think so as well. I think it's a line in the sand. It's it's saying, okay, look, security is important. So the TPM and also you're going to need secure boot as well, mm. which is something which makes sure that you're booting to a untampered with Windows, you know, a clean version of Windows. Why is your mic um, so quiet again? Why, what is wrong with your microphone? Perhaps I'm far away, right? So look, what That's I'm better. saying is... Windows 11 is all about the security, and I think it's a good thing. In window, when they brought out, I think it was Windows 8, um, that was another one that required secure boot, I think. Shambles. Maybe, maybe Windows 7. No, it, it was a good thing to do. I, I keep saying it's like when Apple took away the uh, DVD drives or the CD drives, said, no, you don't need them anymore. And yeah. we all went, no, come on, we need them. And then, oh, no, we don't. <laughs> same, with the, same with the headphone jack, right? We didn't like it, but actually, it's fine. And... I think this is the same for Windows security. This is a line in the sand. There shouldn't be a workaround for how to, oh, well, I want to install it without it being so secure. Well, that's the point, right? Because well, it's either can't. secure or it's not. That's the point, exactly. right? How, how many you know ransomware hits have we seen? Mm-hmm. It's about time that security was taken seriously. And look, Apple would do this sort of thing. And it, it's all about, well, it's, it's, um, it's all about the privacy and the security. And they're hurrayed for it. And then... Microsoft do it, and it's all well. I want to get around it. I don't want to do it. I think I think it's a great thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, it's obviously a couple of months away from the official release, and then you know people will play with the beta. I'm sure you're going to have downloaded it already, Mark. If you're not, you know, I'm actually. You know what? I uh, I reached out to Microsoft. I said, hey. um I don't want to use my own device for your beta. Mm. <laughs> um, do you think you could send yeah. me one that I can absolutely destroy? And they said, no problem. I'll send you a Surface Pro 7, and you can keep that for a couple months. I said, that would be great. I'll be happy to install your beta repeatedly and destroy your piece of equipment. And they seemed very happy with that. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I guess it makes sense to be talking about a Windows 11 you know, product on a Windows machine. So well, yeah. um, that was my goal here, and that's what we'll do. And you know, maybe I'll, you know, I'll, I'll document that a bit on social media and stuff and see what uh, what brick walls we hit. But I'm anxious to hear this feature from uh, from Sean that he put so much hours and all that effort and work into that he threw out the window yesterday. Yeah, well, I want to hear that. Um, but let, let just I want to quickly touch on the accessibility because there was a bit of murmuring online, not much mention of accessibility. You know, in fairness, Microsoft, if you only follow their accessibility channel, you wouldn't even know there was a Windows 11 event, right? That's a fact of life. They didn't even refer to the uh, Windows 11 event at all. And a lot of people were kind of annoyed about that, saying, you know, look, come on, guys, this is unfair. You're not telling us about it. The event happened. There was no re- reference at all to uh, accessibility. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know you stand on that, Sean. For me, it's, it's like I kind of feel it's coming, and there was eventually an announcement, although a bit vague, uh, you know, oh, new stuff's coming soon. Whoa. You know, it's not like any actual information, just like, oh, yeah, stuff's happening. Um, but look, no, I mean, no. it, it, seems re- it seems reasonable to assume that, you know, everything that's in Windows 10 will carry through. This is, in some respects, an update. That's the way I feel about Windows 11. It's not It's not a whole new world. It's just a slight update to the operating system. I can't say it. And um, it's a visual update. You know, everything on it seems very visual. The, the main updates. I know there's probably a huge amount going on under the hood, which they didn't talk about. Um, exactly. And that's maybe the issue that we're, we're facing here. But from an accessibility point of view, I'm thinking it's that things will continue. I hope Narita gets better and continues to get better. The same with magnification and all the rest. Well, absolutely. I, I honestly don't... I'm not entirely sure what was expected from accessibility about Windows 11 because it, it is just another Windows, right? So uh, I would hope that Freedom Scientific are going to be on the Insider program and getting a developer and they're going to be working on it. NVDA, all the screen reader, third-party screen readers are going to be on it. Um, I would just expect it to work 
the same as Windows 10 has done before and how we interact with it, exactly the same. So there's a lot of visual changes, interface changes, um, but I don't expect it, it won't make any difference to us as screen reader users using the start menu. Hit the Windows key, type what you want, bang, you're done. There are some questions around the, you know, like Android apps are now runnable on Windows. Are they going to be accessible? I would assume definitely not. <laughs> yeah. um, but we'll wait and see on that. And I always see now that Narrator is done is developed almost separately. You know, and uh, when there's a, an update coming to Narrator, it will be it will come, and we will get news about that. And, and there is something happening with uh, Microsoft accessibility, and people are referring to it. And you know, people in the know are saying there's something coming, but we can't talk about it. So. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I honestly don't have a problem with accessibility not being touched in this. Uh, in this well, I mean, I, I want to see. Of course, I want to see increased and, and better accessibility. Do I think that because they didn't announce it on the day that that means that something's not happening or it's been? There, there was a hashtag doing the round, drop the ball, which I thought was a bit. If I'm honest, just a bit trite. You know, it just it didn't seem right for me to 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 kind of. I didn't retweet that particular you know one because I thought, how can you say? They're dropping it's the ball. Uh, you know, it's just out. It's not even out yet. I mean, if it was being released that week, if if Microsoft had said this will be out on Friday, and there was not a word from accessibility, I'd be I'd be joining the clamor. I'd be saying, guys, this is yep. ridiculous. What is going on here? Because we need to know what's going on. Um, but you know, I'd also like to say, I don't think any other company is particularly good at this. Um, you know, Apple don't mention accessibility in their events. If they do, it's, you know, every blue moon or, you know, it's very much on in an inspirational sense, not really in a functional sense. Um, you know, we think about how giddy we get when we hear Apple or, or Microsoft or Google or Samsung or Amazon talk about accessibility. They don't do it very often. When they do, we get all very excited. <laughs> Um, the trouble is you're on dangerous ground if you say, well, it's it's okay because they don't do it, you know? So you need to... Uh, you're absolutely well, right. Well, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm saying it's just it, it, it's just par for the course in some ways. But also I think there's, there's no sexiness to accessibility in some ways, and that's the problem, right? So, you know, it doesn't get the fanfare uh, that perhaps I think yes. that it should get. Um, aside should, from that, they, they didn't really go into the enterprise side of it either and enterprise is a massive part of windows this was a, a targeted true, hey yeah. this is a new version of windows and here's the changes so far it wasn't a deep dive into the whole ecosystem and how it's changing if the interface was a total a redesign right there was no start menu it was all totally different way of doing things and yes accessibility would need to be you know if it was a separate session a separate keynote we would need to be informed and we would be rightfully angry if we weren't but it's not it's basically the same so I, I don't have any issues with thinking that the accessibility would have changed. Okay, well, uh, i tell you one thing we will have to do is get you a new microphone at some point. That microphone's terrible. I can barely hear you. Hello. No, is, is, is anybody even there? I mean, who knows? What is wrong with that shed? Is it leaking in that shed of yours? Is it was only $9, this microphone. Oh, that's probably what it is, yeah. Did, did you get it in the same voucher deal I did? Yeah. <laughs> what about his feature? Oh, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. This is Double Tap Canada, and uh, this person will also say the same. This is Double Tap Canada. See? We'll be back in a moment. Liar. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show. Yeah, welcome back. This is Double Tap Canada. Uh, so, yeah, Sean did a feature this week. That's going to become a thing we're going to say. We're going to say, Sean did a feature... Uh, we, it should was, do that. we should do that every week, but yeah. actually not get to it ever. Uh, well, that's, I, I kind of, I was sitting here thinking, why don't we just not bother playing it, right? And we'll just stick it in the podcast. Say, well, that was great. It was a great feature. It was awesome. I Hope loved you guys it. enjoyed it. And people I mean, honestly, lying. it was the best feature I ever heard. But you missed it? I mean, really? <laughs> do, you watch, uh, do you watch Jimmy Kimmel Live at all, ever? No. <laughs> he, he has his bit going, I don't know if it's still going, because I haven't watched it in quite some time, where, he, where Matt Damon's going to come on. Right, and Matt Damon never comes on. He's always canceled yes. the last second. Sorry, we missed. Uh, we didn't. Uh, we had to cancel Matt Damon. He's always like there. He's on TV, and uh, that at the end feature. of every show, he's like, "Yeah, oh, sorry to Matt Damon for not making it this week. We'll we'll try it again next." week. <laughs> That's my USB feature. Yeah, it is your USB yeah, exactly. feature. Yeah, it's one of those we'll get to. You'll have to update it for USB five by the time we get to it. I know. <laughs> uh, but no, let's go to your feature. Actually, let's get this out because uh, you'll just cry otherwise. Uh, this is a great feature because uh, Sean, what's that about? 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's about seeing if your computer is going to be compatible and able to run Windows 11. When I'm cleaning Windows. Windows, Windows, Windows. Everybody loves Windows all of a sudden. Or at least they're all talking about it. Now, admittedly, mainly it's about just how gorgeous it looks with its frosted windows and its rounded corners. Ooh! But, of course, there's more to it than that. There's more work under the hood. And because of these changes, the minimum system requirements that you need to be able to run Windows 11 has changed. So the bigger question for me is, will I be able to run Windows 11 on my PC? Well, let's find out. Okay, let's get the techie, nerdy, geeky bit out of the way and read the minimum tech specs required for Windows 11. According to Microsoft, you will need at least a two-core, 64-bit processor running at at least one gigahertz. When it comes to memory, you will need at least four gigabytes of RAM. And for storage, at least 64 gigabytes. Now, to be honest, those specs aren't that demanding. But wait! There's more, because your computer also needs to support TPM, that's Trusted Platform Module, version 2. Of course, we've all heard of that. And Secure Boot. Now, these last two features are all to do with security. TPM manages the encryption of your data. It's a place to store sensitive information, a bit like the chip in your smartphone that stores your fingerprint. And Secure Boot makes sure that you're booting up to a clean version of Windows that hasn't been tampered with in any way. It's these two features that people are most worried about. Now, if I can just do a rule of thumb and be a bit general about this, I would say if you've bought your PC in the last four or five years, then the chances are you'll be fine. But what if you have absolutely no idea what's inside your PC? I mean, how many people do, right? How can you check if your computer is going to be able to run Windows 11? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's find out. OK, hit the Windows key to bring up the Start menu and type System Information. System Information App. That's the one. Make sure it does say App and then press Enter. System Information Dialog. Tree View. Level 0 System Summary Expanded 1 of 1. Okay, so this window is made up of two columns. We're on the tree view on the left-hand side under System Summary, which is fine. So press Tab to jump to the right-hand column. List 1 List. And now just use your up and down arrow keys to go through this list. So, for example, if I arrow down now. OS Name, Value, Microsoft Windows 10 Pro 1 of 41. 1 of 41? Wow, let's save some time. I'm just going to press the first letter to jump to the component I'm looking for. So, if I press P, it will jump to... Processor, Value, Intel, R, Core, TM, i7-8565 UCPU at 1.80 GHz. There's the information on the processor or CPU that's inside my computer. It's an Intel i7-8565. Catchy. But thankfully, it is one of the supported CPUs for Windows 11. No matter what it says your processor is inside your computer, check the Microsoft CPU list to see if it is compatible. Just Google Windows 11 compatible CPU list. It's a riveting read. OK, now let's check the secure boot feature. Do I have that? Let's just press S. S. Secure boot state value on 19 of 41. There's another one off the list. Secure boot is there and it's enabled. If on your computer it says secure boot is off, don't panic. It can be turned on. But if it says unavailable, then it may be time to start looking for a new computer if you want to run Windows 11. OK, let's check the system memory. I'm going to hit I for Installed memory. I. Installed physical memory. RAM. Value. 16.0 gigabytes. 28 of 41. 
Yep, we're still looking good, at least on my PC. I have 16 gigabytes of RAM. Remember, the minimum requirement for Windows 11 is four gigabytes. Now, the only things I haven't checked is the hard disk space and the TPM status. We could shift tab back to the first column and look through the components to check the hard disk space on here, but far easier is just to open File Explorer. So let's hit Windows E, then hit Enter on this PC, and arrow down until you find your C drive. Windows C. Now you can either hit Alt and Enter to bring up the properties and use your screen reader to read through that to find the size, or I'm just going to press the right arrow to go through the details. Total size edit 475 gigabytes. There's another one off the list. It's like a scavenger hunt. Yes, remember the minimum requirements was 64 gigabytes. I have a 512 gigabyte drive. We're all good. Now, finally, the last thing we need to check is the TPM. Oh, it's exhausting. Let's do it. First, press Windows and the R key to bring up the Run dialog box. Run dialog, type the name of a program, folder, document or internet resource, and Windows will open it for you. Thank you very much, I will. So what you want to type is tpm.msc and hit enter. Trusted platform module, TPM, management on local computer. Okay, so I'm going to switch to narrator. So control windows enter as my screen reader as I find it reads this window a little better. And then just use caps lock and right arrow to go through the information in this window. Now the important thing and the thing to listen out for is this. Status. Five. The TPM is ready for use. Perfect. This PC is TPM capable. Fantastic. So if we keep going through the information here, you also want to listen out for this. Specification version 2.0. Now there's two versions of TPM, just to make it a little bit more confusing. Uh, there's 1.2 and 2.0. Now, Microsoft are saying that you need TPM version 2.0 in order to install Windows. There is a little bit of confusion about this, and you may read differently online, because Microsoft did come out initially and say 1.2 would also be supported. But they now change their mind on that and say, no, it does need to be 2.0. So we'll wait and see. Now, if you do this on your PC and it says something like could not find TPM or TPM not available, don't panic because it may be the case that it's actually available on your computer, just not turned on. Now for the bad news. Sadly, there is no easy or I should say accessible way to turn on TPM because you do need to go into your system BIOS. Hooray! More jargon. BIOS, Basic Input Output System. It's a little bit of software that runs as soon as you turn your computer on. It checks all the hardware inside, such as the memory, the processor, the graphics cards, and makes sure they're all working okay. When you turn your PC on, you can press either F2 or the delete key to enter the BIOS setup screen. And in there somewhere will be the option to turn on TPM if your computer supports it. Oh, and also the secure boot feature will be in there. The BIOS is not accessible at all, and it's about time it was. Let's start a rally. But yes, sadly, we are going to need sighted assistance to do this. Phew, that was easy, wasn't it? Well, until Microsoft sort out their own PC health checker, which is an easy way to check all the components needed to run Windows 11 and tell you if you're okay or not, then this is the only way to check for yourself. But don't forget, even if you can't run Windows 11, Windows 10 is not dying away just yet. We've got until 2025. Plenty of time to save your pennies for a shiny new PC. Turned out nice again. Brilliant, uh, Sean. It is the best feature I've ever heard, frankly. And Amazing. Um, oh wasn't that amazing? I mean, it was the best feature. I've ever heard. Ever. Yeah. Ever. I, I, there's no words. In fact, so much so, we're going to take a break uh, to, you know, compose ourselves. We'll be right back. Double Tap Canada will be back after this. I hate them. This is Double Tap Canada. Now, back to the show. I know, right? 
Oh, oh dear. Yeah, well, should we really talk about what's in Windows 11? I mean, is there anything nah. in it? I mean, there isn't really anything. Is there? There's a start menu. It's pretty. It's nice looking. It's got curved things, icons. Uh, hang on, you you introed the show with the wonderful features inside Windows 11, so I'm <laughs> going to hold you to that, Stephen Scott. What's the wonderful features? It's got uh, curved icons. It's got a start menu that's in the middle, which makes it look like a Chromebook. And you can, and it's also like a Chromebook because it runs Android apps. So basically, you've got a Windows Chromebook. Beautiful. I'm you've got widgets. Bottom. Beautiful widgets. Beautiful widgets. Everything's beautiful in this thing. It's the most beautiful operating Microsoft system. Teams is at the heart of this. Yeah. Whole do, you know experience. So, do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? What they've done is they've stuck it in the toolbar or the taskbar at the at the bottom of the screen. That's what they've done with it. That is. That now, apparently th- counts as, um, you know, right up in front and, and integrated into the system. Snap layouts so you can organize things on the screen with a snap. Oh, we've had that for years. I'll say one thing, though. You, you, right arrow. you were sure. talking earlier, Mr. Afalalalo, if that's your real name. I didn't. You were saying earlier that you liked using multiple screens, right? One thing they did talk about was if people use multiple screens, the ability to, you know, navigate, put stuff in different screens, you know, move stuff around on the screen and then snap them to wherever you want those apps to be is much easier. And if you dock your laptop, it will remember. Um, and even have multiple, you can even have multiple desktops as well for work, one for home, one for, I kind of like all that stuff. I mean, I don't know if visually, if it's just a visual thing, it doesn't really mean much if someone's not bothering with the screen, right? But I think it's an organizational thing. Like, I don't yeah. know, if you, if you use multiple desktops or if you use a laptop, for example, as your main machine, and you're used to putting it down on a desk and plugging it into an external monitor, you know the trials and tribulations you've had of plug it in, mm. and it never goes back to the way you had it beautifully optimized before. You get your layout going, you're in a groove, you got to pick up and go to a meeting, you come back, you plug it in, and you end up spending 10 minutes just putting things back to where you want it. Apparently, this is going to help organize that and put things back to where they should be in the first place. So that should make it more fluid and more, I guess, easier to, to use on a daily basis. Anyway, that's it. So let's move on because Samsung... <laughs> Ah, okay. uh, you know, it's like it's a new operating system. Once we once we actually get our hands on it and actually get trying it, we'll, we'll get into more detail on it, and you know, we'll, we'll tell you all the wonderful things about it. But but truthfully, you know, if you watched that presentation from Microsoft, oh, I mean, I didn't I didn't get it. I mean, at one point they were talking about this guy's house and how it reminded him of home, and I'm thinking, I don't want anybody to think my house is like Microsoft Windows. Uh, well, I mean, my house is enough of a mess without you know making it think it's like that. Um, they did. They did. I did. As I was digging around, there is a universal mute button in the taskbar now, which I quite like. Maybe useful. You could just do okay, that though thanks. in a shortcut, though, couldn't you? That's just a well, short keyboard yes. shortcut. Okay, I'm, I'm trying. Okay, I, well, you, you are. No, look, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. It's going to be great. It's going to be the best. <laughs> Listen, when we try it, we'll fall in love with it. Yes. But we haven't not. tried it yet, so we can't say that. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about uh, Google because, oh, Google actually, and Samsung, because Samsung for a long time had smartwatches that had their own operating system, Tizen, running them. And uh, Samsung uh, realized that wasn't working very well. So they decided, how can we scrap this and look good with it? Uh, I know, we'll team up with Google and we'll just steal their Wear OS and we'll, ah, didn't steal, that's cheeky. Uh, they didn't steal anything. They worked with Google. Cheeky. <laughs> cheeky. A little cheeky, <laughs> little che- cheeky man. Cheeky monkey. Um, yeah, so they, they're now working together with um, Google. And what they've done is they've taken the features from Tizen that work really well and the features from Wear OS that work really well. And they've put it all together. I thought they were just going to call this Wear, but apparently the name is something like One UI Watch. Um, this is the new interface for Galaxy smartwatches that will provide a consistent experience and a look look with other Galaxy devices. Oh, I think some conditions apply. Please consult yeah. your physician for <laughs> ask your doctor if uh, One UI is right for you. Um, no, I, this seems quite interesting. Uh, not very, not very exciting. I mean, we did watch the presentation, uh, Sean and I together. It was, uh, <laughs> but you know, other than yeah. that, it was, um, you know, I, I like the idea of a new operating system to play with, and I like the fact that they're taking the best of both. The key thing this watch needs is power, right? Because that's been the issue around, particularly accessibility. The power is not there, so you don't get the same reaction or um, the same kind of response time that you would with an Apple Watch. It just feels a bit more sluggish and. Obviously, there are a lot of issues with third-party apps. But if you look more widely at this, the biggest issue for these watches has always been those third-party apps, right? I mean, I don't know what, if you, what your feelings are on this, Mark. I know you have probably used an Android watch more than I have. Um, 
you know, I, I tend to find that the third party side of things is a bit lacking. Um, certainly that's how yeah. it feels on the, you, and in fairness, in fairness to, you know, say this as well, Apple is the same. Uh, it's not exactly perfect either. Um, but there's a bit more integration going on there, whereas, you know, it still feels a bit all over the place on the Android side, on the Wear OS yeah, side. Yeah, their own kind of first party apps tend to be, you know, smooth like butter, but the yeah. the third party integration just doesn't do it quite as well as they do it themselves. So I'd like to see that improve, at least make it easier for them, people to develop apps that really kind of seamlessly kind of fit in there. Do you like this idea though, Mark? Would you would you, this be interesting to you? This kind of one UI approach that Samsung are doing? Yeah, I mean, I can't see why not. I mean, it's 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 been so fragmented. You know, the whole Wear OS, the whole Tizen. I mean, I, I like them both. They're both they have the features that make sense. But I think it makes sense to have some one kind of unified front here. And I'm curious to see who's really taking the lead on this, and uh, and where it ends up. Well, I mean, we talked about this before when Samsung announced they were working with Google on TalkBack, which is the screen reader for Android phones. And it was really interesting to see how they've worked with Google to make this happen. I don't think Google need the help, but at the same token, you know, better to have a few heads on it than one, right? So they've all got together and they've worked this out, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Also, no actual devices to talk about yet. There's a new Galaxy Watch coming later in the summer, uh, so we'll we'll hear about that. Um, But it's going to have that circular design, it seems, again, uh, that most of those devices have. Do we prefer, because I must admit, I like the round design of my watch rather than this square thing that the Apple people give us um, for a ridiculous amount of money. Um, you know, I, I don't know. What do, what do you think? Is square or round? What's your choice? Hmm. It does. I think I think round looks more classy. Yeah, classic. Yeah, it's more, more well. of a classic timepiece in the round, yeah. but at the same time, the square does fit more information um, on that screen, and it is fairly traditional in terms of layout. So I think it's a little easier to to code consistency. Casio calculator watch, though, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. I think you know. I mean, I I wonder if Apple will change their design, maybe try it a little bit more rounded. I doubt it. You don't think so? No, no. no I think we're gonna st- <laughs> we're, we're stuck with this with square for a while. And listen, also just to mention as well, one of the other stories of the week which I spotted that I wanted to mention here. Um, I'm sorry we didn't get to it earlier, actually, because it's a brilliant story. Uh, you can now pair certain Braille devices with your Chromebook. Um, now, there's a, a couple of caveats to this. Um, it does seem, actually, it does seem most refreshable Braille displays can be used, but they do talk about the Mantis Q40 and they talk about the Chameleon as well from uh, Mantis. But, you know, check in, check with your supplier of Braille equipment and see if it will work for you. Uh, but, yeah, basically you plug your Braille device into a USB port and your Chromebook will automatically detect it. Turn on Chromevox as well if it's not already turned on. You can also uh, pair with Bluetooth as well. Uh, it is important to say, though, and as I uh, try and read this, it goes away from me, but you have to uh, enable, I think, beta mode of Braille inside your Chromebook. So go to accessibility settings and enable the uh, beta of using Braille uh, devices under the Braille settings, because if you don't do that, then this won't work. Um, But the fact is that you can now use Braille devices with your Chromebooks. A lot of kids are using those devices at school um, with or want to use them with their Braille devices. So um, now you can. So you anyway, that's it for us. Woo-hoo. We are done. Uh, Mark, have a fantastic time go karting. If you don't uh, end up with a significant injury, we'll catch you again yes. next time. Be safe. Yeah, be safe, whatever you do. And we'll catch you again for another Double Tap Canada. Thanks for listening. Bye. Good. Thanks Goodbye. for listening. And keep your feedback coming. Call 1 844 971 1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at Double Tap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.